Rapid expansion? We're ready. Worker shortage? We're good. Anything can change the world of work. A celebrity buys the company. Depends on who it is. But relax, we've got ADP. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. If you happened to read the front page of a newspaper last week, you were probably worried about the increasing threat of war. Iran shot down a U.S. drone, and the White House came within 10 minutes of retaliating with its own attack. But turn to the business section, and things could hardly have been more optimistic. Amid the saber-rattling, the S&P 500 hit an all-time high. I'm Alex Ewell. Welcome to The Readback. This week, I'm joined by Barron's deputy editor, Ben Levison, who spends a big part of his day trying to make sense of the market's moves. Hey, Ben. Hey. So among all the crazy things last week, investors seem to care about one thing, a 360-word statement from the Federal Reserve. Tell us why. The Federal Reserve is the most important thing for the stock market. And right now, it's about the only thing that has the market's back. It controls interest rates. And those interest rates are the things that can either send the market higher or they can send the market lower, depending on what kind of choice the Federal Reserve makes. And right now, with all of this noise going on around war and things like that, they actually have less impact on the economy here in the U.S. than what the Fed will decide to do with those interest rates. And just explain when we hear about the interest rate set by the Federal Reserve, what are we really talking about? Well, the Federal Reserve controls the interest rates that banks can borrow from the Federal Reserve itself. So if a bank needs money, it could come and borrow from them. But those rates basically end up determining all the other lending rates in the market. Um, So if, uh, you know, when you're looking at the rates that you can get on a bank account, uh, on your checking or savings account, a lot of that is going to be set off of these rates that the Fed is setting. Got it. Last week's Federal Reserve meeting felt particularly consequential. I mean, we have these things almost every month, but last week it really felt like we were paying attention more than usual. Do you think we could actually see some rate cuts before the year is out? You say Jay Powell this week does not cut rates. Andrew, do they cut on Wednesday? What are the odds that you say we will see a rate cut? Nothing actually happened, right? I mean, rates didn't actually change last week. Well, the Fed did not cut interest rates, but nobody expected the Fed to cut interest rates yet. But stocks soared. Yes, the reaction to this was very positive, even though nothing happened. Part of that is because the market is always trying to anticipate things. They're not going to react to the news so much as they will react to what they think is going to happen. And in this case, what it thinks is going to happen is that the Fed is going to cut interest rates in, in a month, basically, in July when they meet again. And this statement that they put out, I mean, it feels like people spend all day just parsing the statement itself. What what were sort of the key terms that got changed? The the big one was uh, dropping the word patient. Patient implied that they would wait a while to see what was happening to the economy and to let more data come in. And by removing it, it signals to the market that they might not be so patient anymore. They may not wait. And they may be willing to cut soon. Exactly. Okay. And if I remember, it was adding the word patient just a few months ago that got everyone feeling better about things, right? That's sort of become like everything is turned on this word patient. Exactly. It was back in December that the market was tanking. Everyone was freaking out about a possible recession. You had the worst Christmas Eve drop ever. I mean, that was just an awful day. I remember sitting at my computer. It's Christmas Eve. December has this reputation for being the best month or at least a not bad month. You don't get sell-offs in December. And here we are having just a brutal December. And a lot of it focused on the Fed. It seemed to be saying every three months, 
we're going to raise interest rates. And that really had the market worried. Uh, here comes January and the Fed has a meeting. And the word patient pops up. And at that point, the patient was, we will be patient about hiking rates, right? That's correct. The Fed saying we're patient meant to the market, there's a good chance it's not going to hike when we thought it would. And the fact that it wasn't going to raise interest rates was a good thing for the market. I mean, markets are really priced off of interest rates. When analysts are sitting here figuring out how much a company is worth, one of the things they have to use is where interest rates are. And the lower the interest rate, the higher the value of a stock. And so just the fact that they might not raise meant stocks are going to be worth more in the future. And then we kept getting these signals that the Fed was going to be more dovish. And the market really just took off from that December 24th low and into April hit a new all-time high. Right. And so here we are six months later and everything's kind of been flipped around. We've gone from this rate hiking mode to what seems to now be a rate cutting mode. That's right. It seems like everyone's expecting now a 50 basis point, sorry, a half a percentage point um, rate cut in the July meeting and as much as uh, maybe a uh, point and a half for the year. Okay. One of the things that some folks have criticized the Fed for is this idea that they saw the market tank in December, and that's what caused them to switch gears and say, uh-oh, we can't keep hiking rates. Investors don't like us. They kind of threw a tantrum, and we now have to back off of our plan. And so now, not only are they no longer hiking rates, but now to keep investors happy, they're cutting rates. What do you make of that criticism? Is that fair? Um, I don't think it's fair. A lot has changed in the economy in the last six months. The trade war has heated up again. Look, we have lost billions and billions and trillions of dollars with China, right? We're now taking in billions and billions of dollars, and I've only done phase one. Phase one is 25% of $250 billion. I haven't done phase two yet. And that's a huge drag on economic news. Economic data, especially manufacturing data, is coming in much weaker than people thought. And I think the biggest change is this inverted yield curve. Markets flashing an ominous signal that we haven't seen since, well, the depth of the financial crisis. The yield curve, if it inverts for a short period of time, if you get these short-term rates above long-term rates for a short period of time, it's not a big deal. But they've been sitting below for a very long time. And that's a message that a recession could be coming down the pike. It's not a normal state of affairs. Think of it this way. When you have short-term rates below long-term rates, it means that I can borrow money for a lower cost, and then I can lend it out for a higher cost. That's essentially what banks do. They're taking your deposits, they're paying you a little bit of interest, and then they're lending you money for a mortgage or something for a lot more interest, and they can make a profit off of that. When short-term rates go above long-term ones, all of a sudden that's flipped on its head. Now it costs me more to borrow money that I can then lend out to somebody else. And that makes companies over the long term really not want to lend. And when there's not lending, that's kind of what keeps the economy going. And that just is another thing that is a drag. And the Fed is trying to look ahead. They're looking for any risks to the economy that could pull us into recession, which they really want to avoid right now. Right. And so if it means having to cut rates now, while they've lifted them a bunch, and so they have the room to actually do that, they would uh, prefer to avoid a recession if they can. Right. Now, you mentioned recession. I mean, that's what everything comes down to, right? It seems like right now investors are at this place where we're kind of in a middle ground, where rates are going to keep coming down, they think, great for stocks. Recession is not yet here, which means there's nothing really to worry about. Is, is that kind of where we're at? 
No, actually, I don't think so. This market actually has me more frightened than I have been, I think, since I've been at Barron's, um, which is since 2010-ish, largely because we, we've had these big drops in the market before. And we had it with the European debt crisis. We had it with the U.S. getting its credit rating cut. These were all terrifying things, especially because they were so close to the financial crisis. But you could look at the market. You could see, okay, the yield curve hasn't inverted. You could look at how the credit markets are doing. And as long as those are holding up, you can feel fairly confident that the market will do okay. And I take it you don't quite feel like the odds are in investors' favor today. That's right. And I think the – I'm not predicting a bear market at this point. But when you do see the yield curve invert the way that it has, we know that the Fed at the earliest is going to cut rates in July. And that means that the yield curve will probably stay inverted through July. And that will give us almost three months of the yield curve having been inverted. And that's usually been long enough to say, okay, recession is coming in the future. And there's pretty good data on the yield curve being predictive of recessions, right? That's right. I mean, the Fed did its own research, and there's lots of different curves to look at. But the one that the Fed has found to be the most meaningful is the three-month T-bill versus the 10-year Treasury note. And that's what's inverted right now. And that's what's inverted right now. And it's not just inverted, it has stayed inverted. And so you hear comparisons to something like 1998, where you did have crisis in the emerging markets, you had big drops in the stock market, you had an inversion, and then the Fed came in, cut rates, the inversion went away, and it was for a very short period of time. And the longer this the curve stays inverted now, the less like that time period it looks other than the Federal Reserve, is there anything else you see investors really focusing on in the coming days and months? Well, it's the G20 meeting later this week. That's where uh, President Donald Trump from the U.S. and President uh, Xi Jinping from China are set to meet and discuss the trade war. And that's the kind of thing where if they can reach an agreement that will at least postpone more tariffs, the market is really hoping for that. And you can probably get a rally out of the meeting if they don't have a deal, this could be a point where the market does pull back. Right. So let's say we get some sort of trade compromise or more indication of a deal later this week at the G20 meeting. As you pointed out, it's likely stocks soar. Then we're at even higher valuations, right? But right. the yield curve hasn't changed at that point. That's right. That's an even scarier place to be. Exactly. And so it's not that you want to be selling stocks right now, but you also want to be pulling back on the euphoria a little bit if that happens. I mean, we even saw that in 98. You had this amazing year in 1999 when stocks were just off to the races, but it was a very small group of stocks. And then 2000 hit and, you know, it took a while, but that was the top. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw something like that, but I also wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the trade deal doesn't happen or things happen along the way that prevent markets from running like that. But it I think we do have to just watch those economic indicators now to see where we're going. All right. Thanks so much, Ben. Thanks, Alex. To read more about the Fed, stocks, the economy, and trade, check out this weekend's Barron's and, of course, Barron's.com. I'm Alex Yule. The show is produced by Meta Lutzoff. The Readback is taking a short summer break. We'll be back with new episodes in two weeks. In the meantime, we'll be running some of our favorite past episodes.
This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.